Welcome to the four-part teaching series, Kitchen Table Kingdom, featuring Harmony Klingenmeyer. In this series, you'll learn about God's original design for family and identity. Also, don't miss the special bonus episode. And now, here's your host, Jen Lowen. Well, hello, Elijah Fire fam. Happy Friday. Welcome to part two of our Kitchen Table Kingdom. I have just absolutely loved this series so far. I hope you guys have enjoyed it. Parent, no parent mentoring, not mentoring. It's just great because it talks about just the fundamentals of what God designed, you know, for mankind, what God designed for family, what God designed for just the earth. And it's been awesome. So I hope that you got to tune in last week. I personally have just felt like this is a, such a fundamental teaching. I'm so excited to see how this will play out in the future and how people can just come back to it as a resource um, as, as, as people's hearts are hearkened and, and turning back towards family and joy and, and unity and all of that, such as. Anyway, you guys, I just want to take a moment and um, reintroduce our guest to you. Uh, she is a prophetic teacher. She's a revivalist. She is also a children's minister and author of Hear Their Voices. Please w- welcome, please join me in welcoming Harmony Klingenmeyer. back to the show. Thank you so much, Jen. I'm so excited to be with you. Last week was amazing. It was such a joy to be here. And I'm super stoked about what God is about to say and do in our lives and in our families. Same here. So last week, we had talked about kind of this prophetic picture of the family. You know, the husband is the apostle, the mother is the prophet. We had talked about entering into God's rest, true sonship, all that just awesome, juicy stuff. Um, and one of the things that we had been talking about behind the scenes was getting back into um, jumping into the next point, which was the supernatural ingredient of unity. So I thought that'd be mm. great just to launch from that spot and... Yes. Take it from there. Yes. Well, the interesting thing is, and, and what God was just speaking to me as I was thinking about today, he reminded me of something really powerful from um, Adam and Eve's story. And that is that after the fall in Genesis chapter three, uh, Adam names Eve. And then the la- that is the last thing we ever hear Adam speak. So one of the products of the fall was that the voice of the father was marred and in many cases silenced. And I'm I'm talking about the natural authority that God has given to fathers in the home, in the family, in the community. In many ways, um, that voice has been either hindered, it's been marred by the voice of the flesh coming out of men, um, it's been marred by um, a, a, a twisted view of what masculinity is, and it has been silenced by a culture that does not value the voice of, of the father. And first and foremost, it's the second heavens saying to, dictating to us what it will allow upon the earth and so it it's it's uh, main goal is to to limit the influence of papa god's voice and he does that by limiting and silencing the impact and influence of fathers on the earth so Hmm. it's really powerful and so important in this time that apostolic fathers arise in the home and they reestablish what um 
godly fatherhood actually looks like. God is reestablishing, first of all, the family. And what does the fa- how does the family function? How does the family uh, demonstrate, mirror the image of the Trinity so that the world and all of creation who is groaning for the manifestation of the sons of God, which is so powerful because it's it's not the manifestation of God, it's the manifestation of sonship that the mm-hmm. that creation is groaning for. And we see it in our children. They are groaning for yeah. uh, fathers and mothers who show them what sonship looks like. And a lot of times that groaning looks like misbehavior and brokenness because what they're really hungry for is the face of their Papa God. And another thing that happened at the fall was that division was written into the consequences. So Mm. if we look at um, Genesis chapter three, I'm just gonna open my Bible to that real quick here. I like to open my page Bible, not just use my technology. Yeah, yes. Technology is so great, but. (laughs) There is something about having the actual book though. I agree, I agree. Yes, so he says, he, he gives out a curse and some consequences. And I think it's really important that we um, make a differentiation there. He mm-hmm. cursed the snake, but he gave consequences that a, a loving father gave consequences to his children. Mm. So he says to the serpent, because of you, because you have done this, you are cursed more than all animals, domestic and wild. You will crawl on your belly groveling in the dust as long as you live and i will cause hostility between you and the woman and between her offspring and her your offspring and her offspring he will strike your head and you will strike his heel then he said to the woman i will sharpen the pain of your pregnancy and in pain you will give birth and you will desire to control your husband but he will rule over you now, this is not a curse. This is the natural consequence right. of Adam and Eve rejecting God's original design of, of rejecting her, that she was already an image bearer of God, that she did not need the knowledge of good and evil in order to be like God. The natural consequence is a division between the husband and the wife. And then he said to the man, since you listened to your wife and ate from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat, the ground is cursed because of you. All your life you will struggle to scratch a living from it. It will grow grow thorns and thistles for you, though you will eat it of its grain. By the sweat of your brow will you, you have food to eat until you return to the ground from which you were made, for you were made from dust and to dust you will return. Now, this is very powerful because God is saying the product of the fall is that the woman's desire will be to control her husband mm-hmm. and he, his response will be to enslave her. Ooh. Wow. <laughs> Come on. And we see 7,000 years of the outworking of this yes, we current, do. of this consequence yes, we do. in the lives of families, in marriages, in children, yes, in sex trafficking, in slavery. Yep. We see it over and over again. The product of sin is division. 
Yeah. And I, and we were talking about this last week too, of just how like it, 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 the mirrored side of it too, is like with the woman desiring to control her husband, we were talking about outside of the, the function of the Holy spirit, partnering the Holy spirit, the woman can tend to go towards manipulation, coercion, control. And then the husband on the other side, there can be this either totally domineering element or withdrawn, um, almost like an Ahab type of a situation as well. So this imbalance, this, this imbalance can be seen. I'm sure every family has this, they either had like a totally domineering father or super domineering mother or both or passive, you know? So it's like, we're, we're not, we're not trying to harp on any one gender. No, no, this is, you can really see where the, this, the root of this took place. Yes. Not at all. Because the thing is, we know that Adam was the steward of the garden, even though Eve was the one who who um, ate of the fruit first. We know that the snake had access because Adam, in some way, had allowed access to his wife. He mm. she he was her protector, her mm-hmm. um, her guardian. Um, he was, you know, the first the first person she well the first person she saw was God because we know he said. In Genesis chapter two, it says that God brought the woman to Adam. So Mm. just like Adam, Eve's first interaction, once when she awoke, when she came alive, was with the face of her Papa God. Wow. So anyway, the the point is, is the enemy has been using division to destroy families since the beginning of time. And the very first result of this division is that Adam does not speak again. Eve speaks, she names her sons, but we do not hear from Adam again in the book of Genesis. And then we have the retelling of one failed father after another throughout the entire book of Genesis. We have one story after another where a father either abdicated his role by yielding sometimes to the desire of the woman to Mm. control the situation. We see this in Sarah, right? Uh We see that she desired to control the promises of God. She did not believe that God was going to fulfill his word. She laughed in unbelief. And she Mm -hmm. said, here, you can have my my handmaiden Hagar and have a son by her and I will claim this child as my own. But then Mm -hmm. we see the product of division is that she never claimed Ishmael as her son. And, And instead of embracing and loving Ishmael as a son, she then catalyzes Abram to reject his son Ishmael And from that rejection, from that orphan spirit comes all the Muslim nations. Wow. Born out of an orphan spirit, out of the the division that was created within a marriage, within a family, when they did not believe the promises of God, came millions, millions of sons and daughters who are carrying a broken heart. Yeah. And have walked out the fulfilling of this broken heart for generations. Wow. And so God is calling fathers and mothers back to a place of unity. And the place where this unity starts is repentance. We talked about this a little bit last week, but I I really want to hit today the importance of your children seeing you repent. 
seeing what does it look like to recognize that you have in some you know in whatever way it is we we all have our different struggles but what whatever way it is we have broken god's law mm-hmm. we have created distance between us and the heart of our papa god mm-hmm. and how to restore it how to come back to an intimate connection between god and us and between us and one another that is the purpose of repentance and really marriages i feel like i'm speaking right to some husbands and wives right now i see that in your homes and it's happened in my home too it's happened in many homes the father and the mother are pitted against each other the mother is is trying to control the behavior of her husband in order to force him into to be the man that she thinks he needs to be instead of allowing the holy spirit to transform him through intimacy and through her excellent example mm-hmm. and on the other hand we have fathers who are either silenced they're silent they're not using their voices at all or they are they in some ways they have become like the child mm-hmm. They are allowing the the mother to be their mother too. Mm-hmm. And and there's and the anger that they feel, their rebellion that children feel, that mm-hmm. is what the husband is manifesting as well. Wow. Mm. Wow. Yeah, wow. And so the 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 father then is he behaves like a child. He rebels. He responds with anger. He he does not use you know self control. He's not using strategies to parent. He's just reacting out of his emotions because he has been emasculated. Mm-hmm. He has been put in the position of lesser and as of a child. And we must, as women, we must elevate our husbands in this hour, honor and our husbands and respect our husbands. And what will happen is once they are championed. Oh my goodness. What will happen is that they will arise. They will arise like a champion, like a warrior in the midst of their household. Once they're believed in, men need to be believed in. Of course, I'm speaking to wives because I am a wife, right? Right. I'm not not condemning you in any way. Wives, you are so valuable Mm -hmm. and you are so important. In fact, wives, you are the thermostat of your home. Mm -hmm. You're either turning the heat up you're turning the heat down you get to decide right and then your family will manifest the temperature that you set yeah so i want to encourage both husbands and and wives if you have been if you're a father and you've been silent if you've fallen into the rut of adam and you no longer use your voice if you've fallen into the mistakes of abram which led him to sexual sin It led him to a division in his marriage. It led him to reject his children because he yielded to the will of his wife instead of to the will of his Lord. Mm. And you find yourself in a situation like that, husbands and dads. We love you and we are inviting you to repent, to ask Papa God for forgiveness. That's where this unity is reestablished, is in the place of humility and forgiveness and an intimate moment with your Papa God where he reminds you that he is the king and that you are called. No, go ahead, go ahead. 
you are called fathers to be a king under the king of kings. Yeah. What I was going to interject is sometimes I just feel impressed by the Holy Spirit to say this. Sometimes process might not look exactly as cut and dry and as clean as we would want it to. I can yeah. speak for my, for my own heart of um, learning how to communicate in a healthy and effective way. Mm -hmm. uh, kind of sounded a lot like word vomit at first. <laughs> yeah. Uh, learning how to use my tone of voice with kindness and respect. That's good. Learning how to make myself vulnerable mm -hmm. to express a need or yeah. to express a desire that maybe wasn't met. Yeah. Um, I did not nail it solid at first. You know, there, there's kind of a little bit of some awkwardness and uh, insecurity in making myself vulnerable. So I just, I just sure. felt like clearing the air and saying like, when we begin this process, because we're learning, there needs to be some grace and God gives us that yes. grace. Um, but to press in and to, and yes. to keep working that out with your spouse and to, mm -hmm. or, or husband or whatever, um, to keep that communication open and, and, yeah. and going back to what you were saying, the whole element of repentance and forgiveness is huge. Yes. It is humongous. Yeah. So I just wanted to, that's so good, sis. It's so good because yeah. the truth is once you start repenting and you start owning your stuff, you're going to spend a lifetime doing that, right? Like, <laughs> so it's a lifestyle of repentance. And the next piece, which is so important in marriage is prayer. If you're like, I don't know what to do. I've repented, but I don't see change. The first thing I will invite you to do is prioritize time on your knees. Mm. Start to pray and to prophesy over yourself, over your marriage, over your children, over your spouse, right? Start yeah. to speak life because that's where the, it's really, those are the seeds of change. It's the word of God that has to become flesh in us, right? Right now we're manifesting somebody's words. Right. Like in our broken marriage, like, yeah, I, I know I've been guilty of saying things that I heard my uh -huh. mom or my dad say oh, that totally. I know are not helpful, right? Yeah. Yes. Right? We, we all do it. It starts yeah. here. And the way that we learn to control our tongues is to pray yeah. and to speak in prayer what God says. So I encourage you, pray on your own. Pray with your spouse and pray with your children. And if you prioritize this as a very simple thing, right? It's not mm -hmm. complicated. Within mm -hmm. prayer, strategies and healing and the grace to do hard things and to be quiet or to speak up, whichever mm -hmm. one it needs to be, right? Mm -hmm. It will be imparted to you in the place of intimacy with God. It always goes back to, am I willing to go and starfish on my bed in the presence of the Lord? Just mm -hmm. be with him and receive what I need. I know that's maybe it sounds oversimplified, but it's actually true. Just pause you're in the middle of of a a, a moment of division right <laughs> you're in a in the middle of a broken moment and you can just say time out i yeah. i really feel like i not you i'm not putting this on you i need to go be with jesus i need to go talk to papa god i need to hear his voice right now i need to listen to him so that i can love you and honor you the way that you deserve to be like what I'm giving you right now is not what Papa God would give you. And I really would like to give you exactly what Papa God would give you. So I'm going to go be with him. Mm. Prioritizing intimacy with the Lord and then just owning, owning it. Right. Hey, like we do this all the time in my home. Hey, I'm, mom, I missed the mark. Yeah. Right. I messed up. I, I made a mistake. 
I, I chose to, I used my mouth in a way that's not helpful or healthy. Mm -hmm. uh, please forgive me. Yeah. And your children begin to learn how to continue yeah. relationship, even when there's hard moments. Because they're like, mm -hmm. oh, it's the end of the world, right? It's the end. Just right. throw I'm in terrible. the towel. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. Right. Yeah, because I'm a terrible person. <laughs> right. Because yeah. in a lot of the cases, especially with the kids that I'm learn I'm leading and I'm I'm bringing healing to, um, they literally made a mistake and their last family tossed them out. Right. Mm. Because I fostered and adopted. Right. So they so don't know. very real. That's not just like an imaginary, like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm the dirt. It's, you know, there's a, an actual circumstance that brought in. And honestly, aren't those like the sneakiest lies, the ones that have a kernel of truth to them mm -hmm. that are the hardest to refute? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yes. Because the enemy comes and he says, well, the, your last family rejected you. Maybe, right. maybe I'm speaking to a woman who's been in four or five different relationships, like the woman at the well. Think about the Samaritan woman. She's at the well. She can't go during the cool of the day because the other women are there and they will yeah. harass her. They won't have anything to do with her, right? Because she is a soiled person. Right. And the truth is she chose to be married five times and to live with someone who wasn't her husband, right? right? She she made those choices, yeah? We know yeah. that she made those choices. She she made the bed she was sleeping in. Mm -hmm. So there's a kernel of truth, right? But along yeah. with that kernel of truth comes all the lies of the enemy. You're mm -hmm. worthless. You yep. deserve to be rejected. You have no value. Your life has no purpose. You, in the case of this woman, you are a, a prostitute. You are you're you have allowed men to use your body. You know you're no good for anything else, right? Like there's this mm -hmm. continual life for my children. You're trash. No mama or daddy will ever love you. You'll always be rejected. You might as well hurt them before they hurt you. All these mm -hmm. lies. Oh and, yeah. You know, it's not just my babies. It's a whole generation of adults. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yes. Right. We're, uh -huh. we're walking in that same mess of rejection and abandonment. Mm -hmm. And Papa God is saying the start of your healing first is intimacy with me, receiving mm -hmm. sonship like we talked about last time. And the next step is repentance and a vulnerability in your relationships. Like mm -hmm. We are not perfect and God is not asking us to be. He's asking that we would be a living sacrifice, that we mm. would li lay down our lives, no matter what it looks like, that we would, he would, he'll present us to himself, right? He will make mm -hmm. us holy. He will wash us in the water of the word. He'll fix the problems. All mm -hmm. we need to do is present ourselves to him as a living sacrifice. Mm -hmm. So in your marriage, this is where it starts, vulnerability, I know it's hard, but I, I tell when a friend comes to me and maybe they're in the middle of a big fight, I'll be like, mm -hmm. well, what if you just said something like, I just love you so much. You're such a treasure to me. I know we're going to work it out because we're keeping our goal in mind of growing old together. Yeah. So we're, we're going to work it out. And I love you. Yeah. And, and just leave it at that for now, right? Like mm -hmm. don't engage when the, when the lies are coming, when there's the, when the orphan spirit is manifesting in both of you, mm -hmm. pause. Yeah. Go spend time with Jesus and say something that is true. Mm -hmm. Like I just said, I love you. You're a treasure to me. I'm keeping my goal in mind and we'll talk about this later. Right? Yes. Like there, sometimes you just need to take a break. Yeah. 
and that and I think that's okay. I think one of my bigger breakthroughs happened for me. It's something something similar to what you just said was on when I realized we are building a life together. Building projects aren't always clean and tidy. No. Building projects can be very messy. Sometimes, you know, even in a renovation project, yeah. you can uncover stuff that you didn't yeah. realize was there. Yeah. And there is this measure of grace, you know, in that process of recognizing, no, like we're building something together that lasts and we're in the thick of it right now. You know, some people who are five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years into marriage, you, you kind of come to this understanding, especially if you're raising kids at the same time, you have this understanding, like we are in the thick of it right now. We are building the stories that we'll be telling around the Thanksgiving table 10 years from now, five years from now, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and having some perspective, I pray almost daily that the Lord would teach me to number my days that I might walk in wisdom to Mm -hmm. give me that perspective. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes when you're in the thick of it, everything, this is my personality type for sure. Everything feels like the worst. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is the worst. Yeah. Um, but then when the emotions cool down, like you said, you take that break, you go, you calm the emotions down. You yes. can sit there and go, is it really though? Or are you just hangry? Like, right. yes. <laughs> did mama not get some good sleep last night? And that yeah. is hungry right now, you know? Yes. So what yeah. I love, uh, what I love about you, what you just said is such a great segue into the next section of our, um, of our talk here today um is that we are building for the future mm. and the whole entire purpose of kitchen table kingdom the book the curriculum the course i'm going to be teaching in the fall the entire purpose is that fathers and mothers will begin to parent in a prophetic and intentional way with mm. an eye on the future understanding yeah. that you are building a spiritual legacy yeah. and and so the moment you're in right now, that feels like the end of the world. It's heated. It's difficult. In that moment, you have to learn to train yourself. My, I'm thinking about the future. For, mm-hmm. First of all, the D word doesn't even cross my lips. It's not even an option. I am in this for the rest of my life. I am mm-hmm. choosing this marriage, this covenant, this family. I'm choosing to walk with these children at this time. This is my life. And I am thinking about every single choice I make today, which will impact a future. I don't, maybe I don't know what that is, but I'm envisioning it. Mm. I'm seeing it. And that's why I choose unity with my husband, because what about the marriages of my children? Exactly. Right. One day, three young women are going to walk into my life mm-hmm. to marry my sons. And the question is, and we already pray for them. Come on. We pray for them. We prophesy over them. When we talk about sexual purity in my home, I'm constantly reminding my sons, there is a wife for you. She is a treasure and she is already alive in the earth today. Let's pray for her and let's be pure for her. Right. Yeah. She deserves our purity. And so I'm yeah. thinking about what kind of marriage I want my sons to have. Mm-hmm. Do I want them to have a, a marriage where they, they're able to ask their, their spouses for forgiveness, to own their mistakes, to, yeah. to choose to stay married even when things are difficult? Mm-hmm. I have to demonstrate this for my sons. And right. this, that is why we must parent prophetically and intentionally today. And one person I just think is such a great example of this. I always ask people if they know who Billy Graham's mom is. 
don't. So Billy Graham's mom, her name is Morrow Graham. And at the very beginning of my the second chapter of my book, I talk a lot about her because, you know, she was she was not a preacher of the gospel. She was not, you know, she didn't go on trips and and I don't know, she didn't prophesy over nations or whatever. OK, what we think of is like super important kingdom work. Right. <laughs> yeah, like uh, and I'm doing just, fancy you know, stuff. Right. We're going to like um, kind of deconstruct our understanding of what super important kingdom work is today. Yes. Because God is calling us to say no to some ministries, to mm. some opportunities, so mm -hmm. we can say yes to a kingdom family. Ooh. Can you just say that one more time? Just God is calling us. Uh, believers, fathers and mothers, if you are father or mother today, your primary ministry is not outside the walls of your home. Your primary ministry is to your spouse and children, whether you're a father or a mother. Come on, we put this stuff on women. You need mm -hmm. to be in the home. You need to build in your home. You need to be a maker at home. We do this to women all the time, but the truth is men, and that's what's so great about Billy Graham. We'll talk about him in just a minute. Mm -hmm. At the end of his life, you know what he said? His mm -hmm. only regret was what? not spending more time with his children. Wow. And he got, wow. he personally led more than 3 million people to the Lord. Wow. But at the end of his life, he said, if I could do one thing different, I would go back and do less crusades. And I would disciple my children more intent, intent wow. intentionally. That, that's incredible. That's incredible. Because he even saw his some of his children struggled. They went through prodigal seasons of their lives. Now they came back to Jesus, praise God, for Franklin Graham and Ann Graham Lott, amazing mm -hmm. men and women of God who are mm -hmm. serving the Lord. And there's one other son, I can't remember his name right now, but they're all serving the Lord. But they struggled because they did not feel like they were their father's priority. Wow. And so let's get back to his mom, Maro Graham. They were Presbyterian. They, mm -hmm. they spend time as a family in prayer and in the word. And Billy Graham describes it like this, that she built a family altar. Oh, and wow. she would call her children to the family altar. And father and mother and children, they would all spend time in prayer and in the word together. And what's so interesting about this is they didn't have a salvation experience until Billy Graham was 15. So they wow. grew up in a de denomination that didn't do altar calls, right? Mm. They grew up in a denomination that you just, you lived a godly life, but they had never said yes. I believe that Jesus is Lord. I'm asking him for forgiveness, repenting of my sins and mm -hmm. receiving him as my Lord and Savior. What we think of as like a, a conversion experience. Mm -hmm. But all those years before they even had their quote unquote conversion experience when Billy Graham was 15, all those years they were spending time together in prayer and in mm -hmm. the word. Wow. I'm she sure that laid, yeah, an incredible foundation. Yeah. Yes. That's exactly right. She was tilling the ground mm -hmm. of her children's hearts, of yeah. her own heart, of her husband's heart. Yeah. And then in a in a in a tent service, they all gave their lives to Jesus. That's incredible. Yeah. 
and you know what? You know, this is what the Lord, I was, I think I was sitting on my couch one day. I'm trying to remember. I think I was watching one of his sermons on YouTube and the Lord spoke to me. He said, you know, daughter, you don't have to preach the gospel to a million people to get a million people saved. You just need to raise a Billy Graham. Mm. He said, some, some mothers, I'm thinking of my own right now, my dear mama, Michelle. You know, she's she's a mighty woman of God, a prayer warrior. Yeah, she's not she's not out preaching the gospel. She's a nurse. Right. So she's she's working in a, in a clinic and she's done so for 30 years. Mm -hmm. And what but she raised me. She positioned me right in the presence of the living God. She understood that one day her children would be adults. And that what she did today in her home mattered the most, more important than her getting on the stage herself and preaching the gospel, more important even than, you know, getting people saved in the grocery store, right? Yeah, yeah. Is the, is the gospel that we preach at our kitchen tables. Mm -hmm. mm. And that's the way she lived. And that's the way I have chosen to live. And it's, it's, it's hard sometimes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Because I'm called to go and to do. But over and over and over again, the Holy Spirit says to me, your public ministry will always reflect the depth of the discipleship in your home. Mm -hmm. I, have a, I have a kind of I create, you know, those little boards that you can get that you you put the words on them yourself. I can't remember what they're called. Um, I have one hanging in my kitchen and it says, there is never a moment when you are not teaching. And I look at that every moment when every morning, when I get my coffee, it says, there's never a moment when you are not teaching. Yeah. And I had that epiphany, that phrase come to me one time when I saw one of my daughters um, express herself in mm. a more kind of like aggressive way that I knew was an exact, exact mirror of something I had done. And no. I saw it outside of myself and I was like, Ooh, well, that's not appropriate. Come on. But I knew she was only modeling what I had shown her. Wow. And so, and, and I just reflected on that and I realized, wow, this, it, like you were saying last week, it begins with me. It begins with me taking this seriously and recognizing that my babies are watching my every move. And I am modeling for them what it means to be a mother. So what is my attitude? What is my attitude when I'm doing my housework, when I'm feeding on. them, when I'm folding the laundry or when I'm cleaning up the kitchen? What is my attitude? Is it yeah. one of begrudging, disgruntled, oh, I'm so annoyed I have to do this again? Or is it, thank you, God, for this wonderful kitchen. I love serving my family. I love being giving my children nourishing meals and sitting yeah. down with them at the table. Like I, these are things I have an awareness of and it's because the Lord has convicted my heart. And then going back to your point of repentance, like, and I have had those moments where I sat down with my daughters and I've said, mom has a terrible attitude right now. And I'm so sorry, it is not your fault. And showing them how to walk that out, you know? Yeah. Um, and then yeah. one other thing I just wanted to add that just, it really struck my heart so much. My, my four-year-old, almost five-year-old was crying the other day. And I was like, honey, what's the matter? Why are you crying? And she's like, because I'm going to grow up someday and I'm not going to get to be around you all the time. <laughs> and that struck my heart so deeply of recognizing I have this window 
where my four-year-old thinks that I am the coolest thing ever. Right. And we all know like teenage years happen and independence begins to kick in, but I have this window where my four-year-old, almost five-year-old thinks that I am the bee's knees and want, and is thrilled to get to spend time with me, thrilled to get to have my attention. I do Mm -hmm. not want to waste a single one of those Mm -hmm. moments. And so I can see what you're saying where that battle comes in, you know, where it's Mm -hmm. like, we have this temptation to look elsewhere, to look for value. I'm again, just speaking to mamas, especially maybe work from home mamas, stay at home mamas. You have this temptation to feel this value outside of that, the nurturing of the next generation, the the faithful tending to the next generation. Mm -hmm. And, um, all of the world's eyes might not be on you, but you are the world to those eyes, you yes. know, and, and, and honoring that and valuing that. And I'm guilty of this myself. I, I, like I said, I pray and ask the Lord to help me to remember this time is fleeting. It's short and to use it to the best of my ability with a good attitude and, and with the future in mind. So I just felt like interjecting that and Beautiful. just saying, how valuable this time really is with our kids. It is. Um, where we have such an incredible window of influence yes. on them. Yes. And um, and we can start right now, just like we said last week, we can start right now and decide to change, do something different, be a better yes. example, whatever. Yes, for sure. Like Marlon. Yes, for sure. And what I want to say, you know, is parents, I need you to understand that God specifically chose you, mantled you, anointed you to, to parent this next generation. He is asking you not to abdicate this role to anyone else. Mm. He's Mm. asking you when the enemy comes and says, you're not a, you're not a good mom. You're not a good dad. You know, um, this, that, or the other, um, this outside of the home is so much more fulfilling and you see so much more fruit and you should give your time to this, that, or the other. I need you to remember that the children you've been given, uh, they were given to you on purpose. They were prophetically, intentionally given to you by a Papa in heaven who loves you and loves them. And it's your job. Like we even think about like the mantles that our children will walk in. Did you know that each family line, each and every family line is carrying specific family mantles? Mm-hmm. And I feel very strongly in this, in this season that God is calling fathers and mothers to do some research and find out what are the family mantles of your specific generational line. What are you called to carry? What are you called to uh, to manifest in the earth, to bring to fruition in the earth, to impart to your children? See, we have this idea in our heads that it is the church's job to mantle our children. That is hogwash. Mm, hogwash. Yeah. And I will we'll show you a couple of really powerful examples. We just talk about Hannah. Hannah begins to prophesy over her generational line in 1 Samuel uh, chapter chapter 2. I'm just going to pull it up real quick. So powerful. She understood that it was her job to prophesy over the next generation and to position her child, specifically Mm. Samuel, in the presence of the living God. She says, my heart rejoices in Yahweh. Yahweh has made me strong. 
Now I have an answer for my enemies. <laughs> I rejoice because you rescued me. No one is holy like Yahweh. There is no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. Stop acting so proudly and haughty. Don't speak with such arrogance. For Yahweh is a God who knows what you have done. He will judge your actions. The bow of the mighty is now broken. And those who stumbled are now strong. Those who were well fed are now starving and those who were starving are now full. Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash give and become a partner today. That's right, because we are we are speaking to principalities yes, in the second heaven that have tried to destroy the family. And God is prophesying right now. His spirit is prophesying prophesying yeah. over families that he will raise up the family again right. the bow yeah. of the mighty is now broken and yeah. those who stumbled are now strong those who were well fed are now starving you second heaven principalities we are starving you out and those who were starving are now full children who were treated like trash are now seated at the table eating like princes um, the childless woman now has seven children. Come on, that is my, my, my testimony and the prophecy of my life. And the woman with many children wastes away. Come on, that spirit of Jezebel that has birthed so many, so many false leaders in this hour is wasting away. Come on, this is a word. This is a prophecy to what is happening in the second heavens. The Lord gives both death and life. He is bringing down the second heaven principalities. He yeah. brings some down to the grave, but raises up others. Yahweh makes some poor and others riches. <laughs> he is draining the, the coffers of the demonic. He brings down and lifts up others. He lifts the poor from the dust and the needy from the garbage dump. He sets them among princes, placing them in seats of honor for all the earth is Yahweh's and he has set the world in order. He will protect his faithful ones, but the wicked will disappear in darkness. No one will succeed by strength alone. Those who fight against Yahweh will be shattered. He thunders against them from heaven. Yahweh judges throughout the earth. He gives power to his king. He increases the strength of his anointed one. This is a word right now. God yep. is dethroning what has come against the family. He's dethroning pornography and perversity in this hour. He's breaking the, the corner of sex trafficking on the I-5 highway in yep. Jesus' name. Amen. And he's raising up the mountain of the family in this hour. But it takes a mother and a father who understand the power of their mouth, who can see mm -hmm. tomorrow. Mm -hmm. He Right now, those of you who are listening to this, he's giving you prophetic vision. He's going to let you see the, the calling and the anointing and the purpose of your son and daughter's life so that you can position them like Hannah did with Samuel. Yes. Can you give see, that reference one more time? The reference? That, that is 1 Samuel chapter 2, almost the whole chapter I okay. just read, about half the chapter, is a prophetic word from Hannah 
And what is she doing? She's saying, my son was the pauper. My womb was the pauper. There was death in my womb and now there is life. And my son who was nothing, he's born of, you know, uh, Elkanaz's father, like, He's just an Ephraimite from, from the tribe of Ephraim. He's nobody. He's not called to the temple. He wasn't, he wasn't born of Levi, but I'm going to prophesy over my son and my daughter in this hour. Even if you weren't born of the house of Levi, you will serve in the Holy of Holies. That's what she was prophesying over Samuel. She's saying, you know what? You were nobody, but God says you're somebody. <laughs> and that's what God needs in this hour from fathers and mothers. Yeah. Who is it that I'm speaking to right now? You are called to prophesy greatness over your children. Like Morrow Graham did with her son, Billy, right? Yeah. Yeah. There yeah. is greatness inside of you. It is in your generational line, the mantles of your family. And you are called to lay them on the shoulders of your sons and daughters. Don't wait for some other prophet to come along and do it. Mm. Don't wait mm. for some mm. minister of the gospel to come around and get your kids saved. Preach the gospel at your kitchen table. Yeah. Tell them about Jesus. Tell them that he saved them. Tell them that he died for their sins. Tell them that he rose again. Lead them in the, in the prayer of repentance at your kitchen table. And God is going to honor you. He's going to honor the fruit of your womb. The, uh, he's going to honor the fruit of your spiritual labor in, in, the, in the spirit realm. He's going to raise up a generation of Samuels in this hour. Come on. Yes. Oh, yeah. He is and raising Samuel, up a generation. Samuel was a seer prophet Come he on. was like wasn't he one of the like the most anointed seer prophets like i mean yeah there's and, and let's acknowledge for a moment there was a price his mama paid come on and and we i, I think this is something that i needs to be said we yes. need to be willing to pay the price yes for the future generation recognizing yeah. that maybe we might not get to taste of the fruit right away, Come on. but it's coming and have that faith and that, that, um, belief that God is faithful mm -hmm. to watch over his word, to perform it. Yes. He is faithful. Nothing he declares will return to him void. Yes. So if we are, especially if we are declaring from the word of God, it will produce the fruit it is yes. meant to produce. Yes. And it may mean, and I've, and I've even had these moments in my own heart, that it may mean, and I'm, I'm going to say something hard. It may mean we do not get to experience the fullest uh, manifestation of our dreams and desires. It may uh -huh. mean that. It may mean that. But let the Lord plant that seed of vision in your heart. Yes. That what he is, what you are sowing into future generations will yield a harvest far greater than what you what you think your dreams manifesting could mean come on come um on. i just i really feel such an unction from the lord to say that that's yes. that we have lived in i think one of the most selfish generations and self-seeking yes. generations yes um everybody's a celebrity everybody's mm -hmm. got access to in influence and celebrityism mm -hmm. uh with the touch of a screen and yeah. i think we have lost sight we have lost sight of generational blessing, generational mm. legacy, mm. 
Yeah. And it's more than it's more than just monetary blessing. It, you can plant a legacy of of, of righteous living, yeah. of kindness, of, of the fruit of the spirit. It's like you were saying last week. You were talking about how um, individuals were uh, were producing fruit from from stuff that they had planted inside of them, yes. and um, your children, the people you are mentoring and discipling, are that fruit. Mm-hmm. They are that yeah. harvest. So I think that we also need to be willing to receive from the Lord the bigger picture. Yes. The greater vision of yes. what's at stake and to lay down. Jesus said, no greater love hath any man than this. And he laid down his life. Well, I, I actually looked into that root word and that life, that root word life in the Greek. And I yeah. highly encourage you to go in and look at that. It actually can mean soul and will yeah. and desire. So no greater love hath any man than this. And he laid on his life can also yeah. mean your dreams and your desires <laughs> mm-hmm. for your friends, for your children, for your Come spouse. On. You know, I, I know Come I'm, pre- I know I'm speaking a hard thing. Y'all I know Good. I am. Say it, it's say it louder. It's a hard thing. Yeah. But it will yield a harvest. Yes. That is unlike anything we are seeing now it, it yeah. is the it is the countermeasure to what we are experiencing in our culture right now it is yeah. the selfless love of an individual who is willing to sacrifice yes lay yes. down their life for another mm-hmm. that we yeah. will see a lot of this stuff turn around Absolutely. and it starts it starts with us and that willingness to make those sacrifices mm-hmm. so yeah this yeah. that's it's so powerful i totally agree um, you know, people say to me, oh, I can never do what you do as a foster and adoptive parent. And I, and I, you know, sometimes depending on the setting, I might actually say, well, why is that? Because you're, you are just as called to die for this generation as I am. <laughs> and, and you can say all day long, I'm not called to do that. I'm not called to do that. But the scripture actually commands us to take care of the widow and the orphan in our midst. So it might look different. You're dying to raise up a generation yes. might look a little different than what yeah. I do. But the truth is, there is always some an orphan or a widow that you are called to love, to to sow into. You know, in our day and age, the widows are the single moms. Yeah. Yep. They are the ones that need us to come alongside them, to mentor them, to mother them. They themselves need a mother. They were not properly mothered in love, so they need us. And it is, yeah. I've had enough. And Papa God, I speak, you know, uh, with fear and trembling on behalf of Papa God, we have had enough with the excuses that people make for not parenting this generation. It is time for the bride of Christ to stop making excuses and to get involved in a system. Because the truth is right now, the foster care system is run by dry bones. It's run by the dead instead of the living. And so, of course, it's manifesting death. Mm-hmm. because we have refused to be involved. We have abdicated our role in the foster care system. We've left it to the world to do the job that God has anointed us to do. Mm-hmm. And Abba is, he's pleading with us. Like he says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, like that word, I beseech you, I beg you, my brothers, by the mercy of God, that you will present your body as a living, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, which is your reasonable worship. He's not saying 
if you feel like it, <laughs> when it's easy, yeah. right? Uh, oh, that's just too hard for your heart. That'll just break your heart. No, allow your heart to be broken. Yes. Allow mm -hmm. your heart to be broken for what God, what breaks God's heart. You know, I think yeah. about, you know, even, even, you know, we're thinking like, I, I met this incredible woman. She's She's got this powerful ministry in Mexico called The Village Global. Her name is Pastor Nicole. She is doing covert operations into brothels who, where two oh, old children it. are being raped. She's Praise going the in there with a, a bulletproof vest and hat on, and she is rescuing, ripping babies out of the hands mm. of traffickers. But the truth mm. is that the, the men, the men who use that material are sitting in a home near you. Yeah. And th th this is this is the hard truth. It is, a hard, son, it is a very hard truth. Yeah. My son, my son, when he, he was six years old, when he came to this house, had already been assaulted over and over and over again. And at six years old, had tried to commit suicide. It's not just happening in Mexico. No. It's happening in, the, in a home new, near you. And the question is, what is the church doing about it? Are we willing, like we're talking about, this is all about understanding our legacy. Yeah. Building a now that will produce the future that God designed. It's yeah. about parenting intentionally. Like when I talk to my sons, and we'll, we'll talk about this more in another session, but when, when I talk to my children about pornography, and you better believe, that my 14-year-old, my 12-year-old, and my 11-year-old, that we are talking about pornography on a regular basis in my home. Mm -hmm. But when I talk to them about it, what I have done is I have turned them into abolitionists. I have described to them, I've let them watch the little video made by the Village Global about children, how, how men in the United States, thousands of men in the United States pay to watch a two-year-old be raped. This is the hard, cold truth. It is. It, is. it absolutely is. Because it wouldn't be a th thriving, I hate to use the word thriving industry, yeah. but it's incredibly profitable. Yes. And we have to be willing to face why. Yes. Why it's incredibly profitable. And, yes. and this isn't obviously, I know your heart isn't to like, shame any one particular person because this brokenness manifests in so many different ways, right? You know, we've got these men who they don't know who they are. Um, and so they perpetrate. And so, yeah, yeah it is. A very and we want thing. to, we want to see them redeemed and, and, Absolutely. and we want to see them reconciled to God. Although we Absolutely. would never, we would still set safe boundaries and they would not, you know, they're not welcome around children. We, we do right. want to see them saved. Absolutely. Right. The point, yeah. the point here is, what are we doing in our homes, in our parenting, yeah. that produces a generation of sons and daughters who understand their value, yeah. who understand their prophetic destiny? This is what God has called us to do as parents. It's what yeah. Hannah did. It's what yeah. Mary did, right? Yeah. She prophesied over her womb. She understood mm -hmm. the value of her son. She understood his purpose in life. And she helped him fulfill the call of God on his life by pulling the first miracle out of him. Mm. It's the, the mothering anointing to see what our children are capable of. And, you know, there's ways, there's actually ways to develop this in your home. And I talk a lot 
about this um, in my book. You know, the, fir the first and most important thing you do is to develop your own ability to hear God's voice. Yeah. And we do this by eating the word, spending time meditating on scripture, listening to scripture, reading scripture, talking about scripture, loving scripture, because every voice we hear, we need a filter for. So this is our filter, right? We fill our mind with the word. We fill our mouth with the word. And then when the voices come, we'll be able to tell where they come from. Right, exactly. You know, there's, and there, there's just a lot. There's lots of principles and we might have to talk about it the next time that we're together because we have already been together an hour and a half and 15, <laughs> 20 minutes. So this has yeah. been incredible. But I want you to know mothers and fathers as you're listening to this if you're thinking to yourself i don't think i've been parenting in a prophetic way i think maybe i was speaking over my kids the way that my parents spoke over me maybe i you know maybe I, i'm beginning to recognize i know i have in moments in my own life recognize that i have spoken curses over my children i want you to know that your papa god loves you and he will redeem it. He has you right now listening to this to empower you, not to shame you, yeah. not to put guilt on you, Absolutely. not to point out what's wrong with you. No, he is has you here with us today because he loves you and because today is the day where you receive grace. Today is the day you shift the way you parent, not yeah. because you're gonna go out and do all the things, it's because yeah. Holy Spirit is beginning to download to you the truth about who you are and the power you carry in the life of your children. That's right. And so may maybe next time that we're together, we can begin to talk about some really specific strategies that you can apply in your home that will totally transform the environment of your home and make this process easier. It'll make the, the pathway smoother if you have the tools in your, your tool belt to pull out at the right moment to use with your children. So we'll definitely talk about that more next time I know. Fantastic, fantastic. Um, all right, well, would you like to uh, just kind of stop here and then close us out in prayer and then we can sort of do our end transition? Yes, I would love right. that. I would right. love Go that. ahead. Oh, Daddy God, I'm so thankful, first and foremost. I'm thankful for the family that you gave me, God. I'm thankful that you gave me a mom, mom and dad who understood legacy, who, who designed my childhood to develop in me my identity and destiny in Jesus. And I am so thankful for a spiritual home in Garden Valley Church who continued to parent me in the spirit realm and to help me walk in my identity and destiny. And Abba, I'm so grateful for the family that you've given me, my husband and my children. And God, right now, I'm so grateful for the wisdom that you've downloaded to me so that I may give it to others, so that other families may, may have an origin story, just like with the superheroes, God. You are rebirthing family lines today, God. You are raising up 
morograms all over the world, all over um, the United States, God, who are listening to my voice right now. Today is the day that you arise to parent prophetically and intentionally, to speak life over your children. Today is the day you arise as the prophetic rudder of your ship. God wants to use your mouth to bring your family into alignment with his truth. Man, I see fathers and mothers anointed to mantle the next generation. Right now, Father God, I see you releasing an Elijah anointing over every person who is listening to the sound of my voice. I thank you, Abba, that you are raising up Elijahs who are fit to mantle an Elisha generation. Father God, you are releasing a double portion in this hour of the parenting anointing. No longer will we abdicate our role. We're not gonna abdicate it to the government. We're not gonna abdicate it to the church, God. We are gonna wear the mantle that you have anointed us to wear. We are gonna begin to prophesy over our children. You are precious. You are a treasure. You are a son. You are a daughter. You are called. You are anointed. You are important. I choose you because Papa God chose me. God, I thank you that you are breaking the back of the the um, the the strategies that the darkness has used against the family. You're breaking the back of divorce, God. You're breaking the back of division, God. You're breaking the back of pornography and sexual sin, oh God, fornication and adultery that have been used against the family to de denigrate and destroy the mountain of the family. God, you are healing and redeeming the family. I worship you. I praise you. And I thank you for the testimonies that are going to come out of this time, Father, out of these, this series, God, out of these teachings, Lord Jesus, as fathers and mothers arise to parent a generation of apostolic sons and daughters. Thank you. Right now, Father God, I just see you are breaking um, a divorce. I see a seed of divorce that's been planted in some hearts. And Abba, you are breaking that right now. I just look into your eyes and I say over you, the one who's listening and has been considering divorce, I say over you, divorce is broken off of your family and off of your generational line. I actually see someone who's listening to this right now. There's been divorce in your, in your parents, your grandparents, and your great-grandparents. There's been divorce passed down in your generational line. And I hear the Lord saying, that is not what I have called your family to stand for. That is not what I have prepared for you as an inheritance. No, I have, I have prepared for you covenant. I have prepared for you a stalwart heart, a heart that does not give in to the temptation to reject and abandon instead of doing the hard things. I hear wow. the Lord saying over you, son, you it is not too late for you to repent of pornography and unfaithfulness. I hear the Lord saying over you, daughter, it is not too late to repent of the emotional affair that you've had. Yeah, I hear the Lord saying over you, there is restoration for your home. I can even bring 
people who are divorced back together again if you will choose my way. I hear the Lord saying, daughter, and speaking specifically to a woman right now, your husband has left you, but it is not the end of the story. I hear the Lord saying, even as you get on your knees and begin to repent and begin to pray over your estranged husband, it is my plan to bring him back mm -hmm. and to restore him like the prodigal son. And it will be because of your prayer and your dedication. And I hear the Lord saying, you face temptation, temptation to start other relationships. You face temptation, the temptation to meet your own physical needs. And I hear the Lord saying, you've stood firm. And Abba is so pleased, so pleased. And I see a single mother right now. Wow. And you've wondered if you're a good parent. You've wondered if, if you are enough. I hear Papa God saying, daughter, you were never meant to be your source. You were never meant to be enough. In fact, I meant that my spirit would live inside you and that it would be more than enough. That it would be more than enough in your life and in the lives of your children that you're raising on your own right now. I hear the Lord saying, I will be a father to the fatherless and a protector of widows. And right now, right now, God is rising up and he's saying, I am your husband. I am your redeemer. I am your kinsman redeemer. I am your Boaz. I am your love. I am your bridegroom. And he wants to be that for each and every one of us, even those of us who are married, even those of us who have maybe we've chosen to get our needs met by other people. I hear the Lord saying right now is the day of restoration and healing and redemption. And it's never too late to run into the arms of your father, God. Right now, I just see people listening to this. You're receiving this word for yourself and you're getting set free and healed. I partner with your healing. I speak healing, even greater inner healing over you and your children. And I declare that you are going to raise a generation of apostolic sons and daughters. We bless you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Harmony, once again, I just feel like this, this is just very timely. And the uh, digital spiritual warfare that was over this episode kind of confirmed that for me. I felt that going into the day that today would be a special day and just... That has definitely been that. So thank you so much for your time, for teaching us, for speaking to us. Um, so y'all, that is the show for today. Thank you for taking the time to listen. And we will see you on Monday. Bye, guys. This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every weekday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahFire.com slash give for more info on how you can donate today.